It's time for a conversation with NFL Network's Charles Davis. Brought to you by Premier Golf Centers. Now with Charles Davis, here's Jason Puckett and the Gas Man. You know, we have a, our, our daily poll question up there about the uh, Brandy Chastain uh, plaque and, uh, and our voting. Who does it actually look like? And we, we mentioned that Gary Busey has been the runaway winner right now at over 50%. It is just let, I'm, Their whole day is, is ruined for me, the, the, the rest of the show, because now I've gone down the rabbit hole of looking up the best Gary Busey <laughs> movies. This guy is 150 films, Gas. I mean, some of the legend Point Break, Lethal Weapon. You forgot he played Buddy Holly. The Buddy Holly story. That's 19, right, he did. 1978. Yeah. yeah. Under Siege. You remember Under Siege with Steven Seagal? Mm-hmm, sure, I remember the movie. <laughs> I don't. I, I remember the title. I don't know. I, I, I tend to enjoy Pred- movies by looking at like the posters. Predator Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookie of the Year. I believe he was the manager in Rookie of the Year. A little baseball movie. A little kid was, was he? Yeah, the kid was like ten, yeah, right. and oh, somehow, yeah. or he yeah. managed or owned the team or something like that, or he was the star player. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Johnny Depp. That's right, he's in that. Uh, he was in Black Sheep. I mean, The Firm. I mean, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He may have just walked through the set at one point, and they just threw him in. Yeah, I think my favorite though, my favorite movie that Gary Busey was in, who the majority of our listeners have voted, the Brandy Chastain plaque looks like Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starred with uh, Mr. T in DC Cab. God, DC Cab was a great movie. 1983, it released. It was. A, Are you being serious? I swear to God, it's a great movie. If you want to laugh, yeah, I'm telling you. Let's bring on uh, Charles Davis. He joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. He's He'll wondering. Know. He's wondering why in God's name are you guys talking about Gary Busey? Uh, Charles, he he joins us uh, courtesy of Premier Golf. There are 12 great locations, golf locations around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we did a poll question. You've seen the Brandy Chastain plaque that obviously doesn't look like her, Charles. Uh, the majority <laughs> no. of our listeners have said it looks like Gary Busey. Uh, we've had some also wow. some votes for Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. And Jimmy Carter has been thrown out there. Babe Ruth, a young, because you're a golf guy, you got started in the golf business. Uh, it looks like a young Jack Nicholas. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, pudge, yeah. the pudgy bear. The pudgy bear. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the pudgy bear. Um, wow. I mean, that's cold blooded right there. Yeah, but- it's a little bit. Okay, let, let let me let me do my quick thing on on, on the Gary Busey oh. DC cab, oh, Mr. Such a, T. Such a good movie. Somewhere, Mr. T just shuddered and went. <laughs> Did someone mention DC cab? Oh, I beat cancer, and they remember DC cab. I love DC. So that was pretty cab. good, right there. That's pretty good, right you there. Know who, you know, I you know, remember- yeah, Joel Schumacher, who's a damn good uh, director. He directed yeah. DC Cab. Hey, I'm, I'm getting an email here from Mr. T. We also now owe him a residual for mentioning DC Cab. We had, <laughs> Buck, you got to send him some money. <laughs> and just, just remember, at that time, Mr. when he made that movie, he was hot. I mean, that was, was the A-team. Yeah. That was probably, was that about the time he had hooked up with Hulk Hogan and was in the middle of all that wrestling well, stuff yeah, that that's, going on? Yeah, and that's, that has to be right. It's it's that close to, to Rocky Three, heyday, right? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that heyday, right? Yeah. Rocky Three, yeah, And then he was, you know, they, I think he did WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan yeah. where they had a tag team and the whole deal. And, yeah. you know, he was going around to schools and giving motivational talks yeah. and pitying, pitying fools and yeah. wearing all sorts of goals. And I couldn't imagine him waking up every day and putting on 
all those chains and all that. That had to be an onerous task. Well, you remember, of course, he played Samson. He was he was angered over the presence of drug dealers in his neighborhood. It's the, of course, yeah. as you know, Charles, the tale of hapless group of cabbies and a rundown cab company owned by Harold. <laughs> Albert comes to town with a dream of starting his own cab company, but needs to motivate Harold's employees and wants to make something of themselves. DC Cab, yeah, 1983. That, that that was a big year because of the voters for the for the for the Oscar. They they were they were very excited to get the early early clip of that one. They could not wait. So, what what do you that, make? That was classic. Yeah. What do you make of a, a certainly the biggest news today in the NFL is the, their new anthem policy and basically they're just leaving it up to the players. Yeah. If you you want to come out, fine. You but if you come out, you have to stand. Uh, but you also have the option that uh, and it's up to the individual players. If you if you want to protest, you have to stay inside the locker room or a, a building adjacent to the locker room. You just can't be out on the field. If you if you do yeah. kneel, it's going to be a fine. Yeah, and and they, they they did they covered all the bases on it. I can hear the people. Look, I'm not here to render my judgment on anyone else's judgments. Okay, everyone has their own feelings about it. And we all know it's a hot topic. Okay, but I will guarantee you. If you haven't heard already, you will hear for those who think that the players should be out there standing at attention, hand over the chest, saluting the flag, et cetera, et cetera. No ifs, ands, or buts. They will call the league soft. Okay? The league was afraid of the players. They should be out there. You know, they, you, you let them off the hook, so on and so forth. I'm eager to find out all the whys and wherefores of the NBA because one thing the NBA has done is they have no issues at all with any of those types of controversies, not since Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. They, they shut that down really fast. They were able to, you know, all the players are lined up at attention for the anthem. But when social issues do come up, the league is not bringing a heavy hand to the players on those. They, they let them speak their mind. There will be T-shirts for different causes and things that come along, different things that happen. They seem to walk the line pretty well, and you don't hear much backlash from the fans. Sure feels yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the NFL now doing this and being able to do it, it it, it hits everything. And there's and and to me, there's a little bit of the owners, in a sense, being almost ingenious in what they did. And I'll tell you very quickly why. Hmm. If you're going to make the rule that if you're out on the field, you have to stand at attention for you know you have to stand up for the flag. Okay, that's cool. I, I no problem at all with that. I'm I stand for the flag every time. But if you don't, you have to be in the locker room, what have you. Well, for teams and organizations, what it means is they've got to come to a decision about what they're going to do. Because I think very few at this stage of the game are going to want to have a splinter team anymore. It's going to be one way or the other. That's what I think is going to come out of this, and I think that's what the league was actually striving for. So to me, I think you'll have very few teams where you will have 46 guys dressed for the game and 44 will be on the field and two will be in the locker room. I think you'll have 46 in the vast majority of cases out there on the field. I really do. But doesn't that run the risk of splintering a team if guys feel it pressured? Does. If there, if there's like five guys that say, look, I still want to protest this, and, and they're pressured by their teammates, look, we got to act together and we got to all go out there. It, it does, and they've gone through this already, and my sense is that in a lot of ways it's run its course. The protest you know, itself. I'm, I, yes, because the players got out Fox last year by the President of the United States. They truly did. And, and I'll sit there and debate that with anyone. Because the players couldn't articulate their vision well enough for the public to say that's exactly why they're doing it. 
The president made it like In-N-Out Burger. You want a hamburger or a cheeseburger? You know, the president said, listen, if you stand, you're a patriot. If you kneel, you're against our country and our flag. Made it very easy for the public to grasp. And the public grabbed that very easily. The players were like, ah, what, what, but that's not what we're trying, but, 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 yeah, well, what are you doing? Well, I've got this over here. Okay, what do you have? Okay, I've got that over here. Okay, what do you have? i got all of them good causes, all of them good things, but the president actually had a unified front. The players did not, and you saw how it all turned, turned about, didn't it? I mean, that whole thing just went whoosh, and all of a sudden the players went from having the, the, the focus with them to, well, you guys are obviously not patriots. And there were a, lot of, a lot of them were like, my father fought in a war. My uncle did this. I, you know, I'm a military kid. I'm protesting for other things. No, you're not a patriot. Charles, what happens, what, ha- what happens, though, and I was talking to, uh, to uh, one of our guys out here in, the, in, our, in our sports pit about this, and he brought up a good point. Because Malcolm Jenkins did this all last year. He stood for the anthem, but he yeah, raised, but he raised his fist. So what happens, though? I mean, what, what, now are we going to have to revisit this again? Because he's pro, yeah. he's 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 protesting. He was protesting last year, but he was standing. But he was raising he was raising his fist like they did in the '68 Olympics. So what? I, what, I think they're giving them that leeway. Yeah. I have not heard about that being something that they cannot do. All they said there they had be to stand. that leeway. Yeah. yeah. All they said was stand. And I think there'll be the leeway in there. And truthfully, I don't think that many people will be exercised about a person raising a fist to the sky. I mean, we score touchdowns and point to the sky. Yeah. I just, I just don't think that people. If you're standing for the flag, they're pretty much satisfied. And I've said, you know, we've, I think we've covered this before. When I do a ball game, I do stand for the flag. Now we, we try our best when we're doing a game to make sure we don't hit the anthem. I mean, that's just like right. the worst thing ever if you're talking during the anthem. So we do everything possible not to. And I stand and, and stand at attention. I love this country like anyone else. But the guys that don't stand, I don't believe, don't love the country. But we'll get into that later. All I'm saying is that every stadium I go to, when I stand there for at attention for, 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 the, for the flag, if I could have my camera shoot the section in front of me, some of the biggest patriots you've ever yeah. met in your life are drinking beer, sure. talking to each other, yep. making out, eating, eating, eating food, talking on the phone. Yeah. And I will guarantee you they're the first ones to scream at the players who take a knee. Yeah, they got their hats but on, the whole thing. You said something interesting there. You, 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 you talk about how in broadcasting they try and miss the anthem because it can screw up a broadcast. Wouldn't that have been the easiest thing for the NFL to do, to say, look, here's how we're fixing this problem. We're now going to play no the anthem out there. while the team is back in the locker room for the 10 minutes between warm-ups yep. and introduction. That's when we're going to do the anthem. And then the problem's solved, and there's no discussion or debate or worry about it. Wouldn't that have been a better I- choice? To me, that was the best choice all the way through, which they used to do, okay? It used to be that you were out there just at special times, like playoffs and things of that nature. I played four years of college football at Tennessee. I never once was on the field for an anthem. Right. If you go to a college football game, the teams are not out there during the anthem. Yeah, and yet the they world keeps spinning. The anthem, but the world keeps spinning. But I think that in this case, your point is well taken, but you know what else plays into it? Because it's such an issue, I feel like the owners felt like if they said, hey, everyone's in the locker room, no one's going to be out there during the anthem, it would have felt like retreat, and it would have felt like they would have felt like they were not being patriotic. And I don't think they wanted to give in yeah. that far. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I just we, I had a poll quote. I, I, think a, it's, I think it's the right thing. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I'm just trying to guess along oh, with yeah, these I to- people who make way more money than me, and they're trying to straddle that line with the public and appease the players at the same time. And you know what they say when you try to please everyone, 
you typically please no one. Yeah, we did a we did a um, a scientific poll question, as you know, on Twitter, which they're all scientific, Charles. And we said, of course they are. We gave four options, and the four options that we wrote down were dumb, 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 and dumb. Just for the uh, the because <laughs> I just don't. I mean, because I think there will be there. I think it can cause a, a fraction of locker room because I think there, can. There, there can be someone there that says, you know what? There's a group of people I don't yep. want to go out. Well, I want to go out. Well, okay. Yep. So instead of on the Friday night or the Saturday night at the hotel, you know, in the banquet room going through warm-ups, we've got to yep. sit there now and decide what are we going to do tomorrow. Well, that is a specifically now turned into a distraction. I keep thinking of, uh, is it Villanueva with the Steelers? When yeah, the, the who, whole who walked who walked out there because he's a veteran. Yeah, and the the whole team great, stayed at the whole veterans we have. Yep, the, <laughs> the whole team stayed in the locker room, and then he got he got. Listen, it, it's very it's it's he's extremely patriotic. Yeah. He's extremely proud. He's a veteran. He felt I needed to be out there, so he was in the the yeah. the hallway or he was, the, in the, he was in the tunnel. He's yeah. in the tunnel area, a little bit outside the. And tunnel then everybody area. are criticizing and him, and then it, it caused an issue with never, the Steelers. Never should have been. Yeah, well, so, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Your point is so well taken, and each team's going to have to figure it out and continue to figure it out. I think for the most part, we will have very little of this along the way. That's just what my gut tells me from watching how it's gone throughout. Okay, yeah. But for those teams that will still have it, we're going to have it now with the White House visit with the Eagles. But this is nothing new. I wish people would, 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 would grasp onto it. There will be players for the Eagles that will not attend the White House visit. But it's turned into such a cause celebrating now because of everything that's happened and what our president has said. People forget that players in the past didn't go when Ronald Reagan was in office. <laughs> People didn't go when Bill Clinton was in office. People didn't go when Barack Obama was in office. But it wasn't put out there the same way. It wasn't put out patriot, non-patriot. Those players chose not to go for whatever their politics were or how they felt about the person in office and so on and so forth. Michael Jordan didn't go to the White House. Okay? Because they don't have a golf course. Yeah, I mean, he, was, he, yeah. he wanted the golf, Charles. I mean, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I in know. this case now, if these guys don't go, Okay, and it's going to be Chris Long, probably Malcolm Jenkins, a few others with the Eagles. They've already said, oh, this won't splinter us, but a lot of guys want to go, so on and so forth. Well, it didn't splinter them last year. That team figured it out and played well throughout, and they were managed to handle their business. The best ones will handle their business and keep moving. The other ones, if that's what's going to splinter your locker room, you're in trouble. Well, one thing I would say, Charles, you, you mentioned you know these guys make a lot of money, and, and I, I think the NFL owners are so completely out of touch with their fan base, and all they have to do is look at their own wallets. They that one of their teams sold this week for two point two billion dollars. This yes. thing had zero impact on their bottom line last year, <laughs> zero. And the only way to to potentially make it have an impact is to continue to keep it in the news, as opposed to just saying, yes. "Let's just stop playing the anthem when the guys are on the field." I I, I really think it was. Uh, I think it's a yeah. real a bad and, and, and not a well-thought-out decision at all. I would agree with you. I think that was the easiest, cleanest way. But I think that their feelings, egos, if for, for lack of a better word, I think that got involved. I think it truly did because at the end of the day, they still want to exert some, some amount of control. And it's really the being out there and telling the fans we care about the anthem, we care about the flag, which I don't have an argument with almost anyone. There are a few people, I'm sure, that don't care, but for the most part, not. I've told this story a bunch of times. I'll tell it again briefly. When I was in high school, 
I grew up with, in my little hometown in New Paltz, New York, I grew up with two of my best friends who happened to be Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. Okay? I don't know a ton about the religion, but I do know the religions, but I do know this. They don't stand for the flag. They don't do anthems. They don't salute. You know, they don't do the prayers. They don't do any of that stuff. I would position myself at our ball games because in high school, a lot of times you're out there for the anthem. Okay? I would position myself with them. One was a young lady who was a scorekeeper for us, and one was a guy who played on team with me, to be with them. Now, I was a kid. I didn't know any better other than I knew that they were doing something different, but I wanted to know that they were supported. And I would stand right there with them, okay? And they would not rise for the anthem, and they would not rise for the prayer or whatever was going on, okay? Four years' worth now. I grew up with these, these people. I'm still friends to this day. If you found them and I gave you their numbers and you asked them, hey, how many comments did you guys get along the way for not standing for the anthem? I would bet you my last dollar that the number would be less than three and probably likely zero because I'd never heard a single one. Mm, right. Now, this was 1980, 81, 82 in mid-state New York. They never stood up for it. I don't remember anyone saying anything, pointing out anything, doing anything. But it was a different time in a different place. Yeah. You know, we, we disagreed on this earlier. I mean, I'll, I, it's a dumb decision. I, I think that it's it's surprising with a league that is as popular as it is and as successful as it is. I, I just think some of these owners are just dumb. I mean, I just think the policy's dumb. They're dumb. I mean, it's obviously I'm painting a broad stroke, but it's just... You know, I, I, I know where you're coming I mean, from. The easiest, at, thing, or the easiest thing ever was to... <laughs> Play the anthem and come and bring the teams yeah, out after then, like we do in college football. And then Charles will just we'll flip it over and to call the call day. Flip it over to the field for a second. I mean this kickoff rule. I mean I, mean, I haven't <laughs> even described the kickoff rule to gas over here. I mean this thing is here. Here's what you want to hear. This I, is how they wrote it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah read it. It's funny know, to hear. Five players on each side of the ball. No running start. At least two players outside the numbers. At least two players between the numbers and hash. At least eight players receiving team in the 15 yard setup zone. Only three players can re- remain in the back on the receiving team. No blocking zone prior to the ball hitting the ground or being touched. No wedge blocks. Ball is also dead if it's touched by receiving team in the end zone. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I get the injuries to it, Charles. You played the sport. You can speak to this better than yeah. we can. I mean, I mean, I, I get injuries in the sport, but, I mean, it's players sign up for it, and I, I don't know. I just think it's it's hard to make this game safer and safer and safer. You're taking out a, taking away a real key element of the game, at least to, in my opinion, or adjusting and the league, And the league is approaching that zone of we're going to do our best to make it safer, which no one, I think, has an issue with. But you can't make the game totally safe, and we know that. So where is the line where the public will turn and go, this doesn't feel like football to me anymore. This is not authentic. Because right now the, the, the worry is, see, what I think the league is trying to do, and I know college football is trying to do the exact same thing, they're trying to keep the kickoff in the game without actually having a kickoff. And I know that sounds stupid, but what I'm saying is they want the kickoff to be there, see us, you know, see the kickoff executed. But they'd probably be just as happy if there's never another return again, right? Because that's what we're trying to get out of, the high-speed collisions, all that that's going on with it. So they're trying their best to figure out a way to keep the return in the game without there being what we have before. Now, I covered kickoffs in college, okay? Four years of running down the SEC and being one of those guys that wasn't a wedge buster. I was an outside guy who came down and there were, and look, with the blocking schemes and now all of a sudden the guy comes from the blind side, they are incredible collisions. 
So there's no getting around all of that. But we're approaching that line that if they want to, if they still say that this isn't working and they want to take the kickoff out of the game, I just pose this question to you. When you go to watch, you know, middle school football, right, modified football, whatever you want to call it, or a preseason high school or college scrimmage, what don't you see? Kicking, right? That stuff's never in it, right? You go to those preseason scrimmages, they put the ball in the 25 or the 30. Offense, defense, let's go. The reason I bring that up is that's what we're used to. And what does that signal to you? Scrimmage, not real. Right. If we take the kickoff out, is the public now mentally going to say to themselves, oh, I know what this means. This is a scrimmage. This isn't the real thing. And is that going to change the tenor of it? Right now they're trying their best to find a way to keep it in and keep all that there without having the same collisions we've had in the past. But if they get to the point where they decide, hey, we're just going to start the game by the 25 to the 30-yard line, that will be an interesting deal because, as you pointed out, we do sign up for this. You can make the game safer but you can't make it totally safe. And at some point is the league going to say to itself, this is football. Everyone understands it. If you're going to play, there are some risks involved and we go on from there. Or are we going to keep going to that point to where the public maybe turns its back and goes, that's not what we signed up for. And that fundamentally changes. Also that 2.2 billion that Mr. Tepper paid for the Panthers isn't worth 2.2 billion anymore. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's leave this on this on this '80s movie clip. It's a classic. I think it's actually it works perfectly for what has happened today in the NFL. Because I would like this to be kind of my response, and I would like actually this guy to speak for me uh, in regards to the national anthem and the policy the NFL did today. Hey, what's this lying around? Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you moron? War's over, man. Wormer dropped the big one. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough... Nobody follows him. <laughs> what the f happened to the Delta I used to know? Where's the spirit? Where's the guts? Huh? This could be the greatest night of our lives. But you're gonna let it be the worst. Oh, we're afraid to go with you, Pluto. We might get in trouble. Well, just kiss my ass from now on! Not me! I'm not gonna take this! Warmer, he's a dead man! Marmalade, dead! Need a Dead! There you go from Animal House, Bluto. Remember the look That's on his face? <laughs> the one guy agrees with him, he's yeah, like, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I told, remember I told you a couple weeks ago about the book I read about yeah. making of Caddyshack? I just ordered it. Okay, just ordered there's also, okay, the guy who said, well, what do you want us to do, you moron? Yeah. That's Doug Kenny, who's one of the, 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 the key writers from National, he went to Harvard, National Lampoon, 
you know, the Harvard Lampoon, uh-huh. then they created the National Lampoon. That's Doug Kenny, who was a principal character in the book that you're reading, that you're going to read, who died at like 33 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really struggles through. He's one of the principal guys. He played the stork. Yeah. Okay. Remember, he was a stork. Yeah, Look at the yeah. stork over yeah, there. We, yeah. we we thought the stork was brain damaged. Well, <laughs> that that's him. He's one of those principal guys in there, and they made uh, Animal House in about 30 days uh, of time. And Belushi commuted back and forth between Saturday Night Live and Animal House, which they made in Eugene, Oregon, on the campus of the University of Oregon. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. One of it. the best movies of all time. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Niedermeyer. Dead. Dead. There he is. Charles Davis from the NFL Network, also Fox Sports. It's brought to you by Premier Golf, and there are 12 great locations around the Pacific Northwest.